0: odd uh Who Dat jedi podcast um we are not sitting around my room deep in gentilly we are in gentilly uptown and metairie or Are or even kenner metairie well okay oh, yeah I, yeah you're that's right so
1: somewhere west, somewhere westwards of where you're all at
0: that's right that's right so uh this is the uh coronavirus uh, version of the Who Dat jedi Podcast, uh, and we're recording via Hangouts Meet, and we're going to extract the audio. And this may all be awesome, or uh, you know, who knows? But it's a it's an experiment. So, um, but we're here to talk about Star Wars and to forget about life for a while. However, I did post today that I did find out. Yes, I took the time to actually set a timer. You can sing the chorus to "It's the End of the World as You Know It" by REM and you're only a couple seconds shy of the 20 second requisite for uh, washing hands. So just add shave and a haircut at the end of it and there's your new hand washing song. And it's, you know, appropriate for the times. But anyway. So do you guys it's got perfect. a song? Do you guys got a song that you sing?
2: I'm trying to get Harper to uh, sing the ABC song.
0: That's what actually that's what I do um but i started the it's the end of the world thing today because i got tired of it so i
1: just think it's a small world like oh come
2: on
0: no <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm totally splicing it's a small world into this broadcast now it's a small world.
0: The copyright infringement um by the way uh, sorry this is not on our agenda but i saw a uh, thing uh, come across uh google news today i think um but said apple is poised to purchase disney whoa hey, they like, that be? they're in good position to purchase disney or something it was like i can't i wish i could find the article but i was like wow that would be um That'd be a thing.
1: I mean, so. how much did Disney just spend to buy twentieth Century Fox? It was like I mean, every purchase is in the billions of dollars, but we're talking buying Disney, one of the biggest mega corporations in the world. Everything from the parks to ABC networks to ESPN to the whole catalog. If Apple really wanted to buy that, I mean that'd be the biggest merger in human history, probably
0: about i mean gosh that'd be huge um I'll about to find the article and send it to you guys later but it was it, it wasn't i i don't think they were like just at the table ready to sign the papers um i think it was more speculative in nature but it's uh that'd be very interesting I mean, of course but uh they did you know apple didn't apple own pixar yeah or well they they
1: found it Well no.
0: Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs founded or was one of the founders of Pixar, right? Right, Pixar,
1: and then uh, I think former Apple guys started Pixar, started doing their own little thing, and then Disney acquired them uh, sometime in the late '80s, early '90s.
2: I'm pretty sure that's right. I
1: think that's about right. I
0: think Jobs was the connection. Mm -hmm. So anyway, no, that was just like I said, total squirrel moment. I apologize. so, as you are cooped up, uh, what geeky things are keeping you from losing your mind?
1: Not, really, not too many geeky things, unfortunately, right now. I just work, you know, trying to, you know, move into this, you know, lifestyle of working from home, which, you know, for a lot of some people might be easier than others. You know, particularly in my field where I work, dealing with uh, people on a face-to-face basis, can't do that anymore, so. Gotta adapt and find out the new technological hurdles that you know people gotta jump through.
0: I've been thinking about oh, I should play video games more, but then again, my again, I you know I work remotely and I work from home, so my life hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, so the geeky thing we've done is take our dogs for a walk. So um, Dave, what are you doing, geeky wise? Kind
2: of in the same boat. Like you're just trying to juggle so many balls because um, we got we got three kids. Oh, gosh, Fredo, always going to the dirty spot right there. But, um,
0: well, yeah, we got a, saying dirty things. You know? uh,
2: yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, we've got a lot going on with three kids at home and work. Uh, Kate and I are both working from home. Um, I, I do want to share this recording that I took earlier because we're trying to get the kids to eat salad for dinner. And I want you to hear Nathan's reaction to that. (laughs) He was saying
0: lettuce.
2: (laughs) Lettuce.
0: So I remember remember when I was real little, uh, probably about five, and I remember watching Popeye, and I went to mom, and I was like, can we have spinach sometime? And because, you know, <laughs> you see it on the cartoon. I was like, and so she's like, wow, you know, kids asking for spinach. All right. So it was like a couple days later, we had a meal and she had spinach. But it was like, uh, uh, it was, it was cooked and vinegar and slimy. I took like one bite and spit it out. And I was like, nope, enough of this. And I I don't think I really touched spinach until I got married. And, you know, Britt would make spinach. And so I'm, my palate has changed. But. Um, so when, when Nate's, you know, you know, 25, 26, he'll come around. So. <laughs> we
1: come hope on so. us. Well, just tell him he has it in burgers. So, you know, clearly can't be that bad.
0: That's what you should do. You should try. Have you, have they tried an impossible burger?
2: No, they haven't done that one yet, but they did. did you- um,
0: you we should go them get a, one and trick them, like you know, tell them that it's just a regular old Whopper, and just see what they think. And tell we do,
2: we do. Do that, um, and we we've used the pretend ground beef, um, which I'm not sure what all was in that, but I'm thinking it was the same as the Impossible Burger, and so yeah, the pretend meat went into, um,
0: one of their dishes at one point, and they didn't notice. So, well, we're sneaky. We thought- I, I don't blame you at all so uh, so we ventured away from uh, Star Wars so we're gonna go right back into it and we usually have our trivia game but you know we couldn't each have a card so we are gonna try something different I keep seeing this clickbait material come up on social media and so I finally just went in and we're going to go through not all but some of the 25 toughest star wars trivia questions ever so um i I promise what it is the set like i said this the screen um you have to scroll down to uh see the answer so i promise to play fair and i won't uh, i won't look ahead Um, but we'll start as it says we'll start with a few easy ones, and. It's what were Luke's aunt and uncle's job on Tatooine? Well, so anybody can answer.
1: Well, let's, let's, yeah, let's I mean, do
0: this. Let's do this. Dave, do you know the answer to this? Well, they would be uh, moisture well, farmers. Just, okay, well, you're just supposed to say yes or no, but that's okay. okay. But yeah, they were, they were moisture farmers. farmers. Yeah. So what we'll do is, like, I'll just ask do, do each one of us know? And, uh, then I'll call on somebody, so. Okay. uh, All right, so here's the next one. It's a picture of C-3PO. And in how many languages is C-3PO fluent? I know the answer to this one. Dave, do you know? I have a guess, I'm not positive though. Fredo?
1: I think I know, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I think the answer's changed a few times.
0: All right, well go for it, Fredo, what do you think?
1: I think it's, I mean, in the New Hope, he says it's influential in over 6,000 forms of communication. Oh, but I you, think
0: missed, that, you missed it by a factor of 10. Like so it's what, 5,000? Like no, I'm sorry, more than that. But it's more than 6 million.
1: 6 million, okay, yeah. Yep. 6 million forms of communication. But I think in some of the other ones, he's even gone up to as high as, what, 9? Or maybe I'm okay, making now, that up. I don't know.
0: Now, this next one, no, I think it's always been 6 million. But Okay. Uh, Except in that Rise of Skywalker, uh, um, Poe does say, like, you're, you're fluent in a gazillion languages, but you can't yet. So, um, all right, this one's kind of this one's kind of a, a B.S. question. Uh, what is the Wookiee's home world and how do you pronounce it?
2: Has that answer
0: know? changed over time? Well, I think they got this from fanboys, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh no. <laughs> I mean, no, I was I mean thinking
1: it's not, it's not the south Park answer,
2: right? Well we all know it. Uh, but it Indian. may be yeah, but it may be
0: pronounced differently in this article. All right, so how do you how do you pronounce it, Dave? I always pronounce it Kashyyyk Okay, Freddie, how do you pronounce it? Yeah, same here. Same here. That's how they uh that's how they say to pronounce it, but I've also heard kishik, but in the movies they do say Kashyyyk So there That's you how you would have said it all right so who actually shot first dave do you know this
1: which version are we going with? i
0: know they it it, all it says is who actually shot first so you have to i don't know go with the holy spirit what do you think dave answer what do you
2: sorry when when was this published this article
0: Uh, i don't know credit (laughs) blinking all over the place
2: uh well okay so this is one of those trick questions gotcha questions um it's changed over time um at at present i think they shoot at the same time
0: well see Hmm. and i'm a purist so i don't care about the special edition and what they've done after that it's han solo um it says in the 1997 special edition the scene was edited so it appeared that greedo shot first um so answer was Han Solo. Okay. So it says, okay, so you know a little bit about Star Wars. Let's go deeper. Which character is partially named after George Lucas's son? Hmm. And if you want a hint, let me know.
2: Well, I know his son's name. Um, I forget the name of the character, but it's a young Jedi.
0: You know that's that's interesting because that's what when I first went through this that was my answer too. It was the kid that the clones gunned down in episode three, right? Because it's like uh, Jet Sakul or something like that. I don't know, Um, right?
2: But that's not the that's not the answer.
0: Think episode two.
2: Well, I know his daughter makes a cameo in that movie.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'll still stick with his son. Okay. Huh. all right. You give up, Fredo? Do you have a name? I have no idea. <laughs> Dexter Jetster.
1: Wait, that's his nuns' His son's name is Dexter.
0: No, his son's name is Jet.
1: Oh, okay. And so, would well, then he name well? didn't the son name it Dexter Jetster. I thought that was I, his name. All
2: right, uh, so it's just his namesake. Maybe he didn't actually play the character. No, no. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Named after. Yeah. Alright, so I mean, these are getting kinda of tough, huh? Yeah. Oh here's Oh, no, there were a... two correct answers for that one. I mean that's
0: This is a this is a good one. In which movie does the camera pan back up after the crawl? Oh. Okay. I think I Alright. Fredo, what do you say?
1: Attack of the Clones, episode two.
0: Dave, what do you say? I agree. You guys are right. It's Attack of the Clones.
1: when so the camera pans up to show uh, Amidala's ship uh, returning to Coruscant. Yep.
2: And it it's upside down. In, yep. From our perspective, it's upside down.
1: Mm-hmm. And they do it like, kind of like a corkscrew twist, and then they land, and then you guys blow it up.
0: So in the original 1977 theatrical cut of... The first Star Wars movie, as opposed to the original 1977 theatrical cut of the second Star Wars movie. Um, special edition. So, how many do-backs were in the original 1977 theatrical cut of A New Hope? Dead air is great for podcasts. Uh, Fredo, do, you know. Know, do, you, do you know Fredo?
1: I don't know it'd be a guess, but I can guess.
0: Dave, do you know?
2: No, but I'm trying to recall. Um, I'm gonna. I would guess zero.
0: Okay, Fredo, what was your answer?
1: I was gonna guess three, but I think they're all in the background.
0: It's actually two.
1: Oh, darn!
0: They added it five was- more for the special edition in 1997.
1: No, because if you see the special edition, whenever you see the ones that are in the distance, static, those are the two that that were actually in the original movie. None of the, I mean, none of the ones in 1977 could move because we didn't have the technology for it.
0: So this one uh, is kind of a, uh, it's going to push my buttons for. Kyber crystals, kyber crystals. No, not quite that much. But uh, which species stole the plans to the Death Star? <laughs> the, the reason why to which is because death around star. because around Rogue One, everybody's like, "I'm sorry, I'm just gonna give it." Where are the Bothans? I thought the Bothans stole the Death Star plans. I thing.
2: remember that. Uh, you Just, but, I mean, that conversation that, came up so many times. What about the Bothans? What about the Bothans?
0: Yeah,
1: and that's just it. It's like that's why you gotta specify which Death Star.
0: Yep. So, so the Bothans. Yes, uh, that was. Uh, like I said, during Rogue One, it was like, come on, people. It's not that difficult. But anyway. The thing is, right. couldn't
1: you have had one Boffin in Rogue One?
0: It would have confused everybody, Fredo. You know? <laughs> there's already, people there's already, smart already enough. enough people that, you know, can't tell the difference between, you know, Return of the Jedi and A New Hope. So, you got to, you know. Um, all right, well, this is interesting. Well, no, no, Rogue,
1: Rogue Two. There you go. Rogue Two. The yeah. of Boffins
0: what was the original name of the first Star Wars movie when it went into production? I have a guess. I'm not scrolling Mm -hmm. for this one. I haven't seen this one.
2: I'm kind of guessing,
0: too. So my my guess, I think it was, I'm going to say The Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, Fredo, what's your answer?
1: I was was thinking it's either The Star Wars or uh, Journal of
2: the Whales, because I
0: think
1: that was the original script.
0: Title. yeah um i'm thinking like some combination of your two answers you're dave you're actually right because it is the adventures of luke Starkiller as taken from the journal of the wills saga one the star wars
2: i i thought Starkiller got in there somewhere but i'm like i don't i'm not gonna actually just verbalize that it just, yeah
1: it just rolls off the tongue exactly it the tongue. it's the kind of thing yeah, I'm, gonna put, <laughs> I'm gonna put that on a, on a movie ticket I'm here to see the adventures of Luke Starkiller I was taken for the wills.
0: <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I, sorry. I keep going with these. These are kind of fun, though. Um, uh, I know the we, answer to this next we one. We saw
2: that Harley Quinn movie changed its title after release
0: because
2: mm-hmm. nobody knew. She was,
1: well, the Birds of Prey they're...
2: movie. It's incredible to me. Like the movie's in theaters and they're changing the title. That's that's crazy to me.
1: And then, uh was well, the Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise science fiction movie. They try to change the title to the tagline when they came out for home movie or home digital release to live, that repeat. So they, they try that. They think, OK, this makes it more easy uh, to sell a copy. We'll switch up the title.
0: All right, so yeah. let's, do, uh, let's do like uh, two or three more. How about that? Um, so, which bounty hunter in The Empire Strikes Back is wearing an old costume from a Doctor Who episode? I know the answer, and not because oh. I'm scrolling. Dave, do you know? It's... I have a guess, but I don't know. What's your guess? Is it Forlom? Okay, Fredo, what's your, what's your answer?
1: Mm, can't think of one right now. I'll go Forlom as well.
0: My answer is Bosk. I can't remember where I read this, but yep, it's Bosk. Look up the Doctor Who episode, The Tenth Planet, to see a pilot in an identical getup.
2: I should have known it's always Bosk. It always <laughs> comes back to Bosk.
0: Also, well. I was going to say also the only one not wearing shoes, but IG-88 doesn't really have shoes. So anyway, all right. Who kissed Leia first, Han or Luke? This might be a trick question.
1: Uh, Shouldn't be. I mean, if Uh, we're going chronologically.
0: All right. So then, Fredo, what do you think?
1: it's luke well times speaking Leia kisses luke first
0: see that's why yeah.
2: i said I have a trick question she does kiss him
1: cuz the thing is she kisses twice. him twice yeah exactly both times it's her kissing
2: him
0: yeah but the, right. the second one was full on the lips so i'm saying it's luke
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's i mean it's yeah. the answer's luke but she's the one she's the kisser he's the kissy <laughs>
0: All right, we can't end on this one. Um, what does at at stand for or at at? Which, by the way, do you say at at or at I always say at at. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I am too. I I think it's millennials that like got all goofy on this one. But anyway, um, See, so I
1: say, say at at, but I say at
0: Yeah, because who's going to say at st? <laughs>
1: S,
2: yeah,
0: that's, just... S S. Exactly. So, uh, what does ADAT stand for, Dave? Do you know? I feel like I should not know, but, uh, but no. Right up.
1: No, yeah, yeah. the the word assault is in there somewhere, and transports in there somewhere. I feel
0: like all terrain, all terrain, all terrain is terrain in assault there. Assault transport. Armored transport, all terrain armored oh, yeah. transport. There you go. Yeah, All right. Last last one. What odds does C3PO give Han for successfully navigating the asteroid field? I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 thinking, I'm thinking I know it. Babe?
2: I, don't know. I don't know it. I don't know it offhand.
1: It's a six thousand three
0: hundred and twenty to one. See, I thought it was like what'd you say? Three no, thousand six hundred and twenty? Six
1: thousand three hundred and twenty. Remember. Yeah, I was
0: thinking 3,620. Yeah. So 20 one, is. Of, one of us, I think, is correct. Come on, scroll, computer. Oh, great. We, we will never know because my computer just froze up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the clickbait site just froze up. So it says processing requests. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It just moved. Oh, it just moved. So, by the way, if you're out there, folks, don't go to this site because uh, it is just kind of awful. Um, that's why we didn't say what oh, site it's from. Do you, want, do you want to know the answer? Give the answer because I'm getting out of this dumb window.
1: 3,720 to 1.
0: Oh, we're so close. Yep,
1: you were so close.
0: So close. Well, at least I knew what the trash compactor number was. Three two six three eight two seven. Anyway so that's that's our trivia those those were actually kind of tough I mean it wasn't uh wasn't for your uh walk a day you know uh star wars fans so um yeah I don't know like some of them were pretty easy though too, so,
2: well, so like marketed as the toughest list of questions is kind of silly,
0: yeah well man i mean that's that's how you get people to come into your website so yeah. yeah. But uh, all right, cool. That's trivia for today. Hopefully, you had fun with that. Um, but we're gonna now move on uh, the the last, well, the latest episode of the Clone Wars, uh, and it was the last Bad Batch uh, episode. You know, our last podcast, we talked about um, that Bad Batch arc, and then we were wondering, oh, I wonder what's next, and we're like, oh, more clones, and so that's what we got. Um, so what? So it was. Uh, what was the title of this episode? Gosh, uh, Unfinished remember. business. Unfinished business. Yes, yes. Um, so, what do we what
1: do we think? I liked it. I it was interesting because they dealt with some of the questions that we had said um, the last episode or the previous episode left unanswered regarding um, Echo and his mental state, what his path was going to be, um, what he was planning, what they were planning on doing next. So. I like the fact that they went back to it and they put him right into the action. Um, really enjoyed seeing a, a bit of dark Anakin Skywalker towards the end of that. Yeah. Yep. You know, when, when you're thinking, oh, you know, he's like, you're, you're gonna, you take me prisoner. You're a Jedi. He's like, not really. No, I'm not gonna do that. Um, but no, I, I liked it. I liked the way the resolution. I liked the way that uh, bad batch. Actually, this one felt. Like the Bad Batch took a back seat. Can I say that becomes fast?
0: You know, and actually, I want to, you said you see a little bit of dark Anakin Skywalker. Um, my uh, a friend of mine, um, he was asking me one time, you know, he lives out in California, and he has a, has a little, little boy who was, he wants to get into, little boy's into Star Wars, and he's like, um, asking me what Rebels was like. And I said, yeah, it was pretty cool. He says, is it good for, you know, young kids? I was like, oh, yeah, it's really good. So because we tried watching the Clone Wars, and he said, my son gets scared really easy. And I said, hey, we're watching their Star Wars, and then all of a sudden somebody's getting shot in the face. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's some, these actually, these last couple episodes, there's been, even though it's, you know, you're shooting a droid, it's still really violent. So, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, Anakin does, uh show his dark side in this. Yeah, hey, uh,
2: yeah, I agree. That's um welcome. Uh we always talk about like the connective tissue aspects of this show and how it does a great job of fleshing out these characters. Um a lot of people's biggest critiques of the prequels um are just that that um characterization of Anakin and and how that Came to pass, and I've never personally had a problem with it, but I always understand people's um, critiques. And uh, and so, anytime we see something along these lines that kind of offers more of that, I'm all about it. Yeah, you know, no, let's... I
1: mean, no, and and I think what was part of what was so dynamic from it is that you can kind of make a case for what Anakin was doing. I mean, he is you know while the while the bat batch and echo and Rex are trying to find a way to solve the situation in the nexus and decides to take the fight to what's the general's name I forget his name uh um, the tarantula looking dude
2: yeah yeah admiral trench
1: I think that it was really it was really well done in terms of how they managed to bring it all together they they kind of find a place for uh, uh, for uh, Echo at the end with the bad badge, it was almost like he was I, was. I was thinking it's almost like it was a a live clone R two, because he had the little arm that he had turned into the yeah. socket, uh, and then uh, but he was connecting with all their systems, kind of hacking into their systems, you uh, know, uh, relaying false information so that the uh, the separatist army would basically walk into a trap by the Republic. Yeah, and now it was interesting, you can kind of make the case that what Anakin did, I mean, Anakin's taking the fight directly to the guy leading the Separatist army at, you know, for the Techno Union on an axis. Meanwhile, the Bad Batch and Echo and Rex are trying to send the bad, no, negative, no, the signals or the mid the orders to kind of have the separatists walk into a trap, so to speak. And uh, so you can make a case that Anakin was justified in what he was doing, but at the same time, it was the way that they played it.
0: But it's also the way they, have you know, that's why I said, I like this Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars, because he's been known to use the quick and easy path to get what he needs, you know, Uh, and, you know, it's to him, it was a, a justified kill, you know, um, which that's not very Jedi-like. Um, but, I, but it does show his progression to Darth Vader, I think, a lot better than Episode 2 or 3 does. Um, the thing I do like is that I felt like for the first time, pardon me, I'm choking on Guinness, the first time in the Clone Wars that they captured Samuel L. Jackson's voice and and demeanor in Mace Windu. You know when they right. when they come crashing through and he's talking to all the battle droids, I was like, you could it's you could that could have been Sam Jackson, so I just thought that was kind of a cool moment, but
1: yeah, particularly because Samuel Jackson has one of the most kind of iconic voices in modern cinema, and it can be quite easy to go, oh, you're not him, but they <laughs> they did a good job with him to this episode,
0: um, and of course at the end. You know the fact that Echo, you know, joins the Bad Batch. Um, thought that was a an interesting twist. But then, which then makes me wonder, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the Bad Batch by the end of this um, this season, uh, which is the final season. So, you know, do they do they make it through? Um, of course, you know, in Rebels, they say that the clones were just decommissioned you know the clones yeah. weren't necessarily done away with they were just you know sent on their way so is there a, another animated series coming up for what happens because, to the clones i don't know
1: cuz remind me when does rebels take place in terms of from the end of clone wars or the end of episode 3
0: uh they are they're pretty well i guess okay so ezra was born on the day that the emperor creates the empire and he's like 15 and rebels so we're 15 years past uh um episode three
1: okay so we're about three years ahead of the battle of yavin or thereabouts
0: ish um, yeah i mean
1: yes yeah, three to five somewhere in there depending on how young you put uh, luke
0: but, you know, would that would that be an interesting spin-off? I haven't heard anything about this. I'm just wondering, would that be an interesting spinoff of what happens to the clones? To send yeah. in the clones.
2: It could be a, <laughs> a book or something like that, too. Because yeah. you got
1: to figure, I mean, it's an interesting... Because if you just say they're decommissioned, that makes it sound any number of things, but they're not like the uh, droid army, which at the end of Revenge of the Sith, uh, Anakin sends... Uh, signal all across the galaxy shutting them down basically. So you can do that to the droids. I don't think you can do that to the clones unless you have another uh, chip in their brains. I mean, and they're living sentient beings who have been bred and programmed for war. And now you have a whole army out there that you may not want. So what do you do? Could be an interesting concept, particularly if you have, much like you have the Jedi who are on the run, you have clones like Rex, maybe like the Bad Batch, who are on the run, and seeing how they adapt to no longer being, you know, tools of the Empire. How do, how do they hide when everybody knows your face?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I thought the episode was 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 good. I you're right. The Bad Batch took you know were kind of in the background, um, which actually. Was, was It was kind of nice. Um, it allowed you to focus um, elsewhere. Um, yeah, so no, I thought it was a pretty good episode. I don't know what it does to propel us forward except for we saw, you know, Dark Anakin. Um, but uh, this week we got Ahsoka coming back. So that will be interesting to watch. So that drops tomorrow. So that's what you can do when you're... Um, at your wits end in this, uh, um, uh, coronation, Yeah. So, uh, any last thoughts on the, on the, uh, last episode of the clone wars? Nothing. I, just,
2: I continue to find myself looking forward. Um, you know, and that's dangerous cause we're like five episodes in or <laughs> <We're laughs> four, you know, we're four out of 10, at this point so it's
1: tomorrow will be halfway so
0: yeah yeah and actually uh, i saw i I can't remember where i saw it it was probably on Phantatracks tracks or something like that but it was basically titles and synopsis of uh you know the remaining episodes so the episodes in april um so it sounds like maul is you know coming gonna be coming pretty soon here probably in this ahsoka arc i would guess um probably the end of it so So yeah, as you know, we got the word that um, you know you're going to be staying inside more and not going out, and restaurants and bars are closing down and stuff like that. Um, Disney Plus has been doing a lot of things, like uh, they dropped Frozen Two early, um, and they also dropped the digital release for The Rise of Skywalker early. And we talked about it last episode. You know, would you get the physical copy or would you, you know? You're going to get the digital copy when it came out? Well, it was an impulse buy on a Saturday. It was like, I'm going to watch Star Wars. Um, And uh, so, did either one of you get it? Nope. Or you you held true to your beliefs?
1: Mm -hmm. So far, so good. I mean, been busy enough to say I haven't had a chance to sit down and wouldn't have had a chance to sit down and enjoy it. Uh, But um, how was it? I mean, put it this way once you sat down at home, Feed up, dogs nearby, relax. Was it a different experience? Were you able to enjoy it differently or better?
0: Well, actually, you know, the first thing that I, I dove into actually were the extras. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll talk about those in a second, but I will say, av- having watched the movie, I actually said to Britt last night, I said, I think Babu Frick is becoming one of my favorite characters in Star Wars movies. And mm-hmm. I think that's, Partially because of watching the behind-the-scenes stuff, um, but uh, it's just a just a really well-done character. Um, but uh, that being said, I watching the movie again, um, I think I enjoyed it more than when I did was when I was in the theater. Um, I enjoyed the banter between Poe and Finn and Ray. You know, especially the scene of you were a spice runner, you were a stormtrooper. You're a spice runner? You're a scavenger? You want to do this all night? You know, it was like I just I wish we would have had more of that, you know, throughout uh the other the other two movies. Um but uh, it was I like I said I enjoyed that banter. Um still felt hodgepodgy at the beginning. Um, you know, I still don't like the way the whole movie starts. Um I understand why it starts that way, but I don't like it. Um I also think whether or not you think that the emperor should be in this movie, dear Lord, did Ian McDiarmid knock that out of the park every time he's on screen? Oh, you just can't. He's, it's just, he knows that character. I mean, actually made that character, but I mean, just, it's, it's like, it's just awesome. It's his performance is great. The makeup they did on him was awesome. Um, and I was really impressed with that. Um, you know, um, the Leia stuff actually is a little bit more wonky than when I was in when I was in the theater. I was like, wow, this is really well done," and now it feels like in some places, like it was a kind of like one of those, well, one of those fake uh, uh, Daily Show interviews. Where you know, people there will ask a question and they'll cut to, you know, the politician making a funny face or something like because there's so so many awkward moments where it cuts to Leia and she's just giving a look and you're like, and then Ray will keep talking or something. So and I understand, again, there's only so much they could have done, but um it seems a little bit more wonky this time around. Um, but I mean those are the things that really stuck out. Um and surprisingly, the kiss doesn't bother me as much anymore. Um, still bothers me. It just doesn't bother me as much. <laughs> um, but, um, but I also wonder if that's because I read a snippet from the um, novelization or uh, and where it covers that. And it kind of gets into what ray is feeling when she kisses ben you know that's uh maybe that maybe because maybe that helped but anyway so i said i i enjoyed it i'm I'm watching it another time it's just kind of on repeat now it's just one of of those things i do when i go sit on my back porch or you know when i'm going to bed just you know keep watching the rise of skywalker Uh, you know um but the the cool thing was were the extras i'm sorry i'm yapping along uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what the extras were. First of all, they have, like, about a two-plus-hour two, two plus hour, um, documentary. It's called The Skywalker Legacy. And I'll talk about that. That's what I'll be talking about most here in a minute. But they also have featurettes. Um, it was the Passana Pursuit creating the speeder chase. Um, aliens in the Desert. Dio, key, of, key to the Past, which those were Okay. Um, Warwick and son, I didn't realize that Warwick Davis's son was the other Ewok with Wicked That's cool Oh, by the way, that's the other thing that still really bothers me is the end of the movie Is the whole showing Bespin and Jakku and Star Destroyers falling everywhere I still don't like that Anyway, Um, but yeah, Warwick Davis's son was uh, the other Ewok Um, And then there's cast of characters But the cool thing was the Maestro's finale and so it's all on john williams and i can't they showed the guy he's 85 years old conducting and it's like i i hope i'm that way when i'm 85. um <laughs> but and i think it was in the i can't remember if it was in that featurette or in the uh the documentary but here's the cool thing the you know the scene that john williams is in you know when they're um, on kajimi in the ball uh, Well, yeah, he's just kind of, yeah, in the bizarre type of thing. At his table, there are 51 different things that each one represents um, one of the movies that he was nominated for an Academy Award. So you've got, got... Well, you see two 1Bs head because he was, you know, nominated for Empire Strikes Back. You see... Indiana Jones's whip. Um, you see something from hook, you see, I mean, all, every, so the prop department, they actually put together, um, an artifact from each one of the movies that he was nominated for. And, um, it was interesting because he said that, uh, he didn't want to, he didn't want to do when they asked him, he said, do you want to do a little bit part? And he's like, nah. And then his, he told his wife and his wife said, you've got to do this. Right. So, um, so anyway, it was, uh, that was kind of cool, but that—that's incredible. Died.
2: I mean, I I, I love that. Um, and I also wanted to react to something you said uh, a for. couple minutes ago. Um, I'm really curious about you. Re, you mentioned reading a snippet from the novelization. Um, obviously, you, I guess you haven't probably read the whole novel. No, but, no. But I, what do we, what do we think about the timing of the novel release? To occur like almost like right ahead of the digital release, I mean it was like back to back, and it's just it, it's interesting to me that it didn't occur a little bit earlier to give people more time to just read it. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I wondered if you guys had a reaction to that. It's interesting to me though.
0: Well, I find it interesting because I'm used to the novelizations coming out either before the movie comes out or right after it right right. So or,
1: right around the same time as the movie's coming out you can go get it
0: so i mean that was true with the prequels the sequel uh books have always come after but um i don't know if it was i don't know if it was timed with the digital release or or what but i've been thinking about getting the novelization but now i'm like nearly
2: into the point of being able to get the movie and um i don't know if there's enough in
0: there to warrant it or not well you know so here's the thing i always love the novelizations because there's always a little bit extra in there Um, for example i love in the original star wars novel um you get into vader's thoughts and how he wanted to kill tarkin you know and all these things um but um course then it was is episode three's novelization when you go what yoda was talking to qui-gon it's like why did they put that in the movie you know it's like they just you know i mean they he just mentions that yeah i'll tell you how to talk to qui-gon but you don't know that they had this long conversation so that was i like that that novelization um explaining the force back vision from episode uh seven you know that that was helpful, you know, um so again, like I said, this excerpt that that I read it it really did help in coming to terms with you know like i said why you know why she kissed him mean, it doesn't it doesn't seem like a romantic kiss at all, um but um.
2: All right. Well, yeah. Sorry for the diversion, but yeah, I, yeah, just, that's right. I feel like that's really interesting right now. Um, I probably will get it and and read it, but yeah. Go ahead, Fredo. Sorry.
1: No, no, no. I was going to say because that's usually one of the advantages of reading the novelization is it does allow you into the thoughts of the characters. You know, you know, you know movies can't really put you into what a character's thinking, like Ray or Anakin or Luke and what they're thinking during a particular moment or sequence, but the books can. And that's one of the things I love. You know, was, you know as a kid, I read the novelization of A New Hope. That's how I was like, OK, of course. You know, when I saw the movie and saw Biggs, I'm like, well, that's Biggs. So I was able to connect characters because I'd read that book five times or so as a kid, just back and forth. Uh, and then I remember reading the novelization for the prequels and just simply going like, OK, this makes much more sense when you go back. I think the impact is more when you go back and see the movie again because you're able to fit that new information into the scenes and go, "This now makes more sense."
0: By the way, the funny thing in that uh, in that documentary they show uh, uh, they show Dennis Lawson, you know, Wedge mm-hmm. when you when you mentioned Biggs, that's what made me think about this, and he has some comment of, to long lines of, you know, when they asked me back, I thought you know I'd have like this you know, fancy outfit with a cape or something like that. But nope, same orange jumpsuit. (laughs) Like, uh, I just thought that was funny. But here was the interesting thing about the documentary. And I need to go back and watch it a second time. But, so it keeps on, um, flashing back to, um, newsreels and interviews and stuff from Empire and Jedi and a new hope and kind of showing the parallels in the sequel trilogy and it's like you know they might the sequel actors will talk about something and they'll cut to you know mark hamill saying about the exact same thing you know mm-hmm. back in 83 or whatever um and they they would also show clips from episode seven and you know compare those things it's almost like i have to watch it but it almost felt like episode eight was kind of like Bill Callahan at Nebraska. He never existed. <laughs> you know, it's like at, if you go to Nebraska game and they go through the coaches, it'll be Bob Devaney, Tom Osborne, Frank Solich, Bo Pelini. You know, it's like they have this skip because Bill Callahan was so awful. Um, but it was interesting that there was a lot of episode seven stuff, a lot of episode nine stuff, not a lot of eight. And so I don't... I don't know if that was an intentional dig. If it's like does Ryan Johnson say no, you can't use some of my stuff. You know, I don't know. I'll have to watch it again. I might this it's just kind of a gut reaction as I'm thinking about it. It's like, yeah, they didn't talk about it a lot. You gotta imagine
1: You gotta imagine it's a lot easier for them to connect seven and nine because it's made almost by the same teams. Yeah. Um, it's not just JJ Abrams coming back to direct. He's bringing a lot of the same crew that he used in force awakens or rise of skywalker but if you're talking about that
0: if the the title is the skywalker legacy there are some that would argue that you know the luke in episode eight does not fit within their paradigm of the skywalker Mm -hmm. and even mark hamill would say that that's what he he didn't think that was skywalker at all um anyway i just i thought it was interesting i don't mean to draw any controversy or anything but it's i'll have to go back and watch it again but it is, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll I be watching
2: don't. for that. I I do go to kind of Fredo's thought on that, which is like never underestimate how lazy people can be. And so if they had well, easy access to to particular footage, then I could see. Well, but why here's
0: the and if Lucasfilm owns all this footage, that's why I couldn't understand. They were like, "Oh, we have all yeah. this footage from Episode Seven to use for Carrie Fisher." I'm like. Episode eight was tons of layers
1: mm-hmm.
0: It's like, why didn't you use any of any of that? And again, I I don't know. Is there a legal ramification of? Like, well, who, I wouldn't I would imagine. I would
1: not I would imagine because the ultimate owner of every scrap of footage is Disney.
0: You would think, Damn. but then why wouldn't you? If you if it's like okay, you can only. You can only paint your picture with these two colors, and but and then you go, but there are colors right over there. Why can't I use those? You know, they
1: may. You know, that may be more a question of comfort on the part of Abraham's son using footage he didn't shoot. I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. It is a good question because when you think about, particularly your reaction to Leia watching the movie at home, you think if there was mo- much more footage of her available through *Last jedi why didn't they touch it why didn't they use it but it it gets into a murky area where maybe you know it's a question of feelings a question of how everybody uh is comfortable about going back and using it or not maybe jj thought no i can do what i need to do with what i shot in episode seven
0: you know so you know and we can we can have a more in-depth when you guys Mm -hmm. get to see it we can kind of go through all of it but I will say one other thing that uh, watching the documentary, they're, they're really patting themselves on the back for how they, they fit Leia into the story. And while, yes, it's cool, I, I do think it's why some of it feels so herky-jerky is because they had to, all right, we have this footage of her saying this line. So now we have to create dialogue that fits around that line rather than this is where we want the story to go. See what I mean? Um, so I think there are, very, there are many instances in the sequel trilogy where they painted themselves into a corner, You know, either by their own design or by the universe's design. They were stuck in a corner. I've been there before when writing marching band drill. And it's like, oh, crap, how do I get out of where I just put my band? So I, I get that it's tough. But, um, but the, the documentary is awesome, though. The featurettes are never long enough. That's the stuff I love about DVDs—is all the the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, So, and uh, so, yeah, it was—it was fun. Uh, Like, so I'll watch it again. And when you guys get it, then we'll have a more in-depth thing on it. I think it'll be fun. So, um, Mm -hmm. so, Dave, you had a topic for us tonight.
2: I did. Um, Since we are all dealing with. Uh, self-isolation right now in the uh, coronavirus. Uh, I thought a good topic for this show might be Solo. As Mm -hmm. in Han Solo. Um. Solo. Uh, And just talk about some of our favorite moments with him. Um, Maybe talk about his movie a little bit. um, And just get into some Han Solo discussion cuz um I know that he was my favorite character growing up and I'd like to know right up front where in your personal pantheon Han Solo stood.
0: He's the first action figure that I got in in Goodland, Kansas at the ALCO. Yep. Um I I I mean I he was he was the cowboy, you know, he was, he was the, he was the exciting one in that movie, you know. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I have always dug him. Um, yeah, I'm Fredo?
1: Yeah, no, for me, uh, I probably put him too right after Luke. It was weird. Since it was me and my brother, my brother always wanted to be Han, so I let him, and I always used pick Luke. So as a kid, I'd grab for the lightsaber, he'd grab for the blaster, then he tried to shoot me and i block it. Well, works. <laughs> uh, I think, as you know, obviously, as I grew up, you know, what Harrison Ford did with that character, what it embodied, what it meant, kind of gained on a greater meaning because you kind of come to understand all of the elements that uh, George Lucas and Harrison Ford poured into that character. And I think that's what makes him so unique because he is the cowboy. He is everybody from John Wayne to uh, Gary Cooper to. Um, uh, Clint Eastwood to Lee Marvin, every, he's every swaggering bad, bad guy, you know, bad, no, bad McClunky uh, walking into town, uh, you know, unafraid of doing the hard and, you know, tough and dangerous things and doing it, trying to look, you know, looking cool, which is always what was the fun part of him is he was cool, except for when he tried to look cool, that usually he shot himself in the foot then, but that was rarely the case. You know, like when he's trying to do the right thing and chase the stormtroopers. Of course, he then walks into a hallway full of them. That kind of thing. But uh, I always enjoyed him. He was—he was, he always had great chemistry with both Leia and with Luke. What's interesting is that their relationships were different, but they both worked.
0: I will say, because uh, you're you're going to be talking about what our favorite moments are, I'm going to say my least favorite Han Solo moment mm-hmm. was when he said. Hey, Luke, may the force be with you. I remember even from the first time I saw that, I was like, that doesn't work. It just never has set well with me. Because it's like, that's something that Han's not going to say. Now, my favorite moments. Um, Fredo, you mentioned it when he's, you know, booking down the hallway. And, you know, he runs into stormtroopers. And then he's running running away from them. Love that scene that was so so funny even even when it was only a couple stormtroopers but I loved it in the special edition when they added all the troopers and you know TIE fighters and everything Um, but my other I think my my second favorite moment is the fact when he's in episode 7 explaining that the force and the Jedi it's all true that he is the he is the one communicating that and confirming that because it's like the person who doesn't believe in ghosts after they've been haunted, you know, or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so he, I I just thought that was a brilliant decision uh, that having him be the one to confirm that. And so, you know, Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. And J. Abrams, hats off, because that could have been really anybody. It, actually, they could have just Ray and Finn just know that the Jedi were a thing, right? Um, but he to have him confirm that was, I, I think, one of my favorite moments. That was that was, that was really cool. It wasn't really okay. a fun thing, but as, you know, but anyway.
2: Well, to compare and contrast your least favorite and your favorite moment, like, when he's saying it to Luke, may the Force be with you, in A New Hope, he's just kind of offering that like an olive branch. It's mm-hmm. a concession. It's he doesn't believe what he's saying. He's just saying it
0: because um, he thinks Luke—that's what Luke wants to hear.
2: Um, I think. It,
0: where, I think it's the same thing. If they would have actually had when Leia said, "I love you," I think if it said, "I love you too," I would have had the exact same reaction because it just it. Not what Han Solo is, but go ahead, Dave.
2: Right, right, right. But, like, that's the whole point is, like, that scene is very much him just, he's not believing what he's saying. Um, Whereas you contrast that with in Episode 7 where he's talking about the Force and he's talking about his friend Luke and he's talking about these things that are bigger than him. Now he's a believer. He's a true believer at that point. And for him to come to that point and be the person that um, uh, is explaining this stuff to them, I don't know. I, I'm with you because it, it just it means so much more that it's coming from him and not coming
0: from some random person. Well, I think it shows that he grew as a person more than about anybody from the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I mean... I mean, Leia has always been a leader. Leia has always been, you know, you know, just, and I and I don't mean to, you know, to disparage either Luke or Leia, but Han grew the most as a person, you know, because of Luke and Leia. You know, it's like we all grow because of the, you know, it's always, it's always great when you have that friend that is a better person than you, you know, because you want to, you have something to strive for. Um, but... Um, But it was also interesting that throughout the entire original trilogy han was always resisting even in you know return of the jedi when luke said don't worry i've taken care of everything and han's like whatever you know Mm -hmm. i mean there's so it there's he has you know he has just grown it yeah dead air on a podcast so
2: yeah well freda do you have a reaction or do you have
1: no 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 well the I was just thinking of that scene in episode seven, just the way that Harrison acted it. Because it's so, like, it's the moment that kind of slows him down when, when Finn goes, You were the Han Solo who fought with the rebellion. And it's at that moment, it's like, you know, it's like, like the 30 some odd years of history just hit him that has been running away from. And you can see kind of all the pretension and facade fall away and he kind of, you know, start telling the story of what he did. It's, it's surprising that he acted it that way, but he knocks it out of the park. Now I was thinking in terms of uh, scenes that I liked of this. I was thinking uh, if I was going to go with two, the first one I was thinking of was an empire when he's trying to determine where is Luke at the start when he's been uh, taken to the cave by, um, you, know, been, you know, he's been attacked and taken away. And then Han's going through all the entirety of uh, the base trying to figure out, okay, where is he? You know, as he coming through this door, he's kind of, like, okay, fine. He's not here. My friend is out there. I'm going to go get him. And then go, you know, your tauntaun will freeze before the first marker. And his response is, well, then I guess we'll see you in hell. You know, because that's part of his dynamic. It's for all his uh, cavalier, I don't give a But about anybody. I don't care about the world. He does. And he builds those bonds. I mean, he's got it with Chewie. And you see him build that building with Luke. And you see that building with Leia. Like he's got a sense of responsibility for his friends. So he's not going to abandon them. And uh, that comes through in that moment when, you know, he's putting himself and his own life at risk, and he's willing to go out there and find Luke out in the snowstorm. And then the other one I kind of thought of was uh, when he tricks the, in Return of the Jedi, when he tricks the Empire into opening the back gate. Because that kind of shows you the growth that he's had over the trilogy. Because the first time you meet him, his solution to Greedo is just shooting. Okay, let's shoot him. Let's get him out of here. Well, he can't shoot his way out of stuff here, you know. And you see that all throughout I mean, Hope*, where he's just he's reacting. But now no, he's no, put in no. charge. Hmm?
0: I'm sorry. Isn't that a good uh, it, again? Uh, it, Kasdan did a great job because that was uh, another moment mm-hmm. I was going to bring up was in the movie *Solo*,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I actually really like the moment. Um, well, well, there's two moments that I really love in that movie. One is when Kira said, "I may be the only one who knows who you are," mm-hmm. and you see him like going, "Oh, crud!" Mm-hmm. You know, there's, his his facade breaks down for right, a second. He tries
1: to play it off.
0: The other the other one is um, when he shoots Beckett. Mm-hmm. So he shoots Beckett, and then the first the very next thing he does is to go and cradle him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that, that I just loved that moment uh, that it was a very han solo moment you know um but uh like i said isn't it he 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 was a schemer in solo and he becomes kind of a schemer in empire and jedi a little bit you know uh just that's to your point so Kaz didn't get a good job even though you know he, he wrote empire Great. i mean he created the character really um no those guys so. say in
1: solo my favorites when he meets Chewie. Because oh, it's yeah. not—it's it's, not—it's not a meat cute. It's not a—you know, like most of the other characters, most of the other meetings in that movie, or you know, in the movies, it's oh, this is how this character made this character. This is very much a. This isn't even—I don't like you. You don't like me. But we gotta work together. It's a, oh crap. You're trying to kill me. <laughs> and uh, do you know? How do we get out of here so we can escape from the empire?
0: So, Dave, what are your
2: moments? Well, I want to react to one thing that Fredo said too. It was like I will just read, finished reading uh Last Shot mm-hmm. um by uh Daniel uh, Jose Older. Um and it's really interesting because he puts that into the novel, which is Hans' reaction, it, his instinct is, can I shoot it? <laughs> and like he's still fighting that instinct, you know these years later when he's got a wife and a son um can i shoot it um and and i i like that that you that moment you brought up in return of the jedi where it's like well no you can't just shoot everything Mm -hmm. um but you know you you contrast that with solo where he's like the solution is to shoot back, (laughs) and he got to shoot first which you know i'm sure made a lot of people happy So he Um, wanted to shoot Ewoks.
1: (laughs) In his defense, the Ewoks were trying to eat him. Yeah, yeah.
2: I go back to for like favorite moments. Like mine, one of mine is um, when they're in the detention block, and uh, he's trying to talk his way out of the situation. Yes, that one. Yeah. And how are you? (laughs) How are you? um i just like to me that really kind of you pair that with um his moment where he charges the stormtroopers and he gets in over his head he turns the corner and they're firing back at him and that he, they play the both of those moments for comedic effects so brilliantly and it's it kind of strikes me that he's this the thing that up that appealed to me about him when I was a kid was like, he's the cool guy. He's the cowboy. He's the gunslinger. Uh, he's so cool. But he always gets himself into these scrapes where he becomes the comic relief because it's hilarious. Well, watching him fail.
0: Yeah. He's so, he's so full of crap, you know, <laughs> he, he yeah. gets
1: himself in, in over his head, but the, the awesome thing is he gets himself out of the situation scene. He either lucks his way or fights his way or does something so he can get away.
2: And, you know, like just about every moment that he's in uh, on film works for me. Um, I didn't like, I wasn't in love with the Tar scene when I first saw it. (laughs) It felt derivative. Um, But I just kind of adore it at this point
0: after having watched it a few times. He's seen more Indiana Jones in that, in right. that scene than he did Han Solo.
2: Mm-hmm. I know there were a few things about it that just sort of, like, again, it was derivative. I'm like, are they trying too hard here? But, um, again, it, it it's hilarious watching this actor, Harrison Ford, trying to deal with, these situations that are just above his pay grade, so to speak. Yeah. And there's just something magical about watching that occur on screen. And it will always be, those kinds of situations are always going to be my favorite Han Solo moments. And again, it, the, his meeting with Chewie is just the same situation. He's completely outmatched and in over his head, but figures out a way to get through it.
0: By the way, was it one of you guys that brought this up or somebody that in our podcast of the, on Valentine's Day, you know, the most romantic scenes in Star Wars. And oh, yeah. we, we didn't mention the shower scene. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't uh, mention the shower scene. You know, that was, uh, but, uh, you know, and it's interesting because there's, uh, and this isn't, about Han solo moments, but there's a there's a commercial going around right now that said, you know, it talks about the Greeks had, you know, it was a three or four words for different levels of love. And um, you know, there's the familial love and there's the you know, the agape where you would just do anything, you know, for a person. Mm-hmm. It's not a romantic thing, you know. Um and that was, you know, in the in the Rise of Skywalker, still, man, when Chewie finds out that 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 Leia is dead, um, that breaks my heart. Still, um, in Episode Seven, when Han dies, you know, Chewie's reaction breaks my heart. But um, but those I think, two, everybody
1: had, I think everybody had that reaction. I think that's the thing. Chewie was voicing what everybody was having in their head.
0: But uh, I, you know, so I will say also my least favorite rendition of Han Solo is in um uh the uh, aftermath uh books. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to write for Han Solo at all. Oh. They don't
1: I thought you were gonna make I thought you were gonna say it was in the Star Wars dance uh video game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh what's what's the song uh I'm not, I'm Han Solo, my and I'm not we'll so yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh Dave you can drop it right oh, in right here. Yeah.
2: Han Solo, Han Solo, yeah. God,
0: that was awful. Uh, Actually, yeah, probably uh, the holiday special, but we're going to have to have like a reaction party to the holiday special sometime uh, for our podcast. But anyway, uh, you know, other Han Solo moments. obviously I was not, um, I was not mortified or disillusioned or anything when he shot Greedo first in 1977. I mean, to me, actually, that was a cool moment because when you see the look on his face, just shift to, uh, over my dead body, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like, so, I mean, I, I really, I actually did like that moment as well because it, it shows his survival instinct. Um, but
2: and you mentioned I know, which has to be on the list when, when we say, I love you, I know. Um, that's just a
0: classic. Um, another, everybody... another awesome moment. We're going to just go through all the Han Solo moments, but another, <laughs> another awesome moment is when he's after he's been tortured and they throw him into the cell and they pick him up. And he goes, I feel awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel terrible. It's just, you know, it was, that was Han doesn't, you know, and, and then a couple of minutes later when he winces, when they try to pick him up, that wasn't, that didn't seem like Han Solo mm-hmm. to me. What felt like Han Solo was him going, I feel terrible. You know, it was, he's not going to show that vulnerability. Um, if anything,
1: when he takes a swing at Lando, going, "My friend," you know, that feels like Han.
0: Yeah, but uh...
1: the other thing I was gonna say, and you know, again, goes back to uh, Castan's writing, is they don't have they don't have but but a few scenes. They have maybe like two, three scenes. Actually, maybe no, probably for Canada, three, four scenes in Empire that kind of have the trajectory of Han and Leia falling in love with one another but you believe a hundred percent of them now particularly I'm thinking of the scene when they're yelling at each other and uh, in, uh, in the base when he's saying he's saying his goodbyes and then later on when they're you know making the repairs in the Falcon and he's hitting on her you know again being the bad boy that he is but it's that idea of you know you can you can come to believe that the, these two people who don't really necessarily fit with one another one another's worlds are coming together in that way that felt perhaps more natural?
0: Well, it's, you know, Anakin it's, and
1: Padme did in a whole movie.
0: It's, it's the Afri- it's the African Queen. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I took a class in high school. It was uh, movie lit. Was a, senior, a senior in high school, you took movie lit, right? Um, but anyway, well, I remember I had an issue. We watched the African Queen, and I had an issue with, uh, you know, Humphrey Bogart and Katharine Hepburn. You know, they're always yelling at each other, and all of a sudden, they're in love with each other. Mm-hmm. And my, you know, teacher was like, "On that's the way these." I mean, look, at, I was, I was going from point A to point B and missing all the stuff that was happening in between, you know. And I was also seventeen, eighteen years old, and I didn't know any better, right? So I think Lucas really did write, and Kazan, they did write that Bogart Hepburn relationship, you know, from the African Queen, you know, um, that two people that just want to kill each other and then end up loving each other. Um, so Because
1: I think it's, it's what's unsaid and that's, that's where it comes to the acting, their body posture, the way they say the lines, you know, it, it resonates. It makes, you know, you understand that the argument up top, the words that are being said are juxtaposed against what the emotions really are that they're trying to hide.
0: By the you way, know? you guys, you guys both know it's this, this is not a Han Solo moment, but, uh, when uh, when Leia gets knocked into Han's lap and she says, Captain, being held by you is, you know... Isn't quite more, enough to get me
1: turned
0: on? Get me excited? excited you, yeah. you do see Harrison Ford mouthing her lines. Have you noticed that? <laughs> no. Because Carrie Fisher was, was high as a kite through most of that filming, and she kept forgetting her lines. And so he's kind of just whispering the lines... You know, as she's saying them, watch um, that scene. You'll see his his lips moving along. So, little little fun fact, fun fun trivia. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about how his
2: story ultimately ended? Um, because when we talk about Rise of Skywalker, one of the things that we we have brought up on this show a couple times is like how thankful we we were to get. Uh, mcdermott back as the emperor um we hadn't really talked about getting solo back i mean we we talked about that scene and whether it worked for us but we got harrison ford back as solo um in the wake of a solo movie with a different actor in the role um are we thankful so, for that that moment that we got
0: having just watched it um yes and i think it actually um elevates his sacrifice in 7 um and i think that it was um, it was it, it was it was it was absolutely the right thing to do um i um I like, you know, because Harrison Ford said, you know, in an interview, he said, I never just wanted Han Solo to die. I wanted him to, you know, lend emotional weight and to move the story forward and to, you know, thought he should sacrifice himself. And that's what he did for his son, both in his death and at that, you know, moment when Kylo Ren goes back to being Ben, you know, it's, it's Han Solo that is, you know, once again, um kind of not you know reminding him of of his sacrifice you know you know it was um uh, it lent the emotional weight that was needed you know um and a favorite moment in that movie probably is when kylo ren says you know dad and then han solo says i know i was <laughs> just like oh yeah it's is such it's such a good moment um so yeah, because that couldn't thing, have, that asking, couldn't have been done with anybody else other than Harrison Ford. Um, but it was it was. I was really glad that that was there. Go ahead, Fredo.
1: No, I was just gonna say uh, it, the difficult part is the big crime that they kind of had us see was Ben killing his dad. Was Kyle Ren killing Han Solo? Because you're taking out one of the most popular characters in this in the saga away from us. One that a lot of people is their favorite character. So I think the scene was necessary in order to have that redemption arc that they ultimately wanted for Ben. Like you couldn't have have the, the final battle and everything without that scene. Like if, if or if it was just Kylo Ren staring, throwing his lightsaber away without Harrison, I don't think it would have worked. And I,
0: think, and I think that's what I was trying to get to is that actually by having Harrison Ford and Han Solo do that scene in Rise of Skywalker, it permitted us to Forgive accept him. Ben. You know, I don't think we necessarily forgave, but it's like you know, okay, Han Solo says it's okay, I'm okay, you know
1: right and and that's what I, that's what I was looking I mean, looking back on it, I think it's so vital for him to be there, uh because he's the one who I mean he tried actively to redeem his son and it cost him his life, so then coming to terms with the act, the monstrous act that he did. And understanding that his father would have loved him no matter what kind of was a cathartic moment for the audience. like if you're going to accept Call death and the return of Ben Solo, did uh, you needed that? And, and its I mean, it's great to get with that last moment with Harrison, you know, I suppose you know, and particularly in a, in a personal moment, because it wasn't Force Go showing up to deal with everybody. It wasn't with Leia or anything. it was just him and his son.
0: By the way, um, on a a tangent, uh, just because I just watched the movie again, did you you guys realize, did we talk about it on the podcast, that um, from that point forward, the scene that we're talking about, you never hear Adam Driver say another word. (laughs) I mean, we never never hear Ben Solo's voice, except for when he goes, ouch, you know, when he lands on the, you know, when he's on his jump. Mm -hmm. Um but otherwise you never hear his voice again. Thought that was an interesting choice. But anyway. Um so Dave, you you're you're happy obviously that uh we got Harrison Ford back and does that scene work?
2: Yeah, it worked for me. Um and I know that originally again, this goes back to what we've talked about, which is that they're flying by the seat of their pants um a little bit right now with when they're releasing these movies and what the stories are going to be and how everything's going to match up. Um, Because I know that the Solo movie was originally going to be filmed after uh, episode seven. So you would get this kind of um, catharsis of seeing Han Solo again just after you've had this traumatic um, event of losing him. Which I think would have been really cool Because I just watched um, Rise of Skywalker where we did actually have to say goodbye to him. Um, Oh, surprise. He's back, but kind of, but not really. But um, we got to see him again, which was an unexpected surprise, but we did actually have to, again, say goodbye to him. Um, I ended up reading Last Shot here recently And that was really nice because it it operated in the same way that they thought Solo was going to operate for folks after scene seven. Um, It kind of offered some catharsis for me, having to say goodbye to this character again. Oh, look, I get to read this story. Um, And uh, of course, it tied in with um, the Solo movie. Um, And it was probably more Lando-heavy than than Han heavy. Um, so I would give that caveat to people, but I would recommend a read. Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. And it was, it was fun to go on an adventure again with Han and Lando. Um, and you get, you get baby Ben
0: in the, in the book too, which is, which was really fun. Do you, do you Bowie. think that, uh, do you think that you could have, uh, do you think people would have been accepting uh, of, you know, Kylo Ren being good, you know, you know, saying never turning it, you know, turning to the light. I think people would have accepted that without the blessing of Han Solo, basically. I mean, because that was my worry going into The Rise of Skywalker. That was like, you you smell that there was going to be a redemption because that's, you know, what is in all Star Wars movies. But it was like, how is this going to work? He's just going to go, I'm a good guy now. You know, that that was my or you know you couldn't i don't even think you could have leia saying it's okay no. everybody ben's fine i think I, I that's why i think harrison ford probably came back because he recognized that, you know he's the only one that could have blessed that entire thing
2: go ahead oh i was just going to say I, I agree with that but i also will say that i think the supplementary stuff is helpful with that um in this what in this book I read, Baby Ben, you get to see more of him as Ben. Um, and as we're going to find out more and more through the comics, through the books, et cetera, they're going to humanize that character more and more um, to a point where it becomes a lot more believable. It's really similar to The Fall of Vader, um, which is all this extra material set during that time period helps make that story more believable. Um, so that's what one thing I'll say to that, but absolutely I agree with you. Like just within the context of the movie itself, I don't think that, that you can't even begin to accept that without Han Solo's blessing.
1: So I got a question for you all. And you know maybe I'm just jumping ahead and thinking of stuff, but do you think, I mean, we only get the one flashback of the temp of you know in Last Jedi of Ben's fall to the dark side, the destruction of the Jedi Temple, but we really don't see it from the standpoint of anybody else. Do you think that the books and the comics will go back?
0: I think the comics upon- are I think the comics are doing that. Um the okay. Kylo Ren series.
1: Right. Just um, shows how Han delcus I mean, well, when we it's meet a bit the girl about- in episode
0: seven- Sorry, it's more about Kylo Ren embracing the dark side, I think. But um, so it's probably not exactly to your point. Uh, but that's what
1: I mean. I mean, seeing it from the standpoint of how Han and Leia reacted to it, how they dealt with it, because we see their their solution to it. Leia falls back into being General Organa, leader of the Resistance. Han falls back into being, you know, Captain Han Solo,
0: you know, smuggler Rangler.
1: pirate, Wrangler, <laughs> exactly. making bad deals with bad characters and getting by on the skin of the sea they both fall back on their battle habits so to speak who they were before they met one another so uh, but i wonder if we'll get to see those elements both before uh ben's fall and then afterwards because it'd be interesting to see how they dealt because we don't none of the movies really touched upon that immediacy i mean the pain that they must have dealt with. I mean, we get shown of it as as they've come to terms with it, but not in that immediacy. Right?
0: You know, I think the danger that you run into, um, and this is, again, not my Han Solo, you know, that um, it was what I was worried about with episode seven. It was like, you know, knowing that, that Han and Leia were going to be in this, like, I don't want to see domesticated Han and Leia. I You know, I don't want to see... I don't know. That doesn't fit within my paradigm of those two. Well, you so know, maybe you um,
2: shouldn't read "Last Shot."
0: I mean, <laughs> you do want to see Han pushing the baby stroller, right? I mean, maybe maybe I should read "Last Shot" because of that. I mean, but those are things that worry me of seeing domesticated Han and Leia. You know, it's like Han, dinner's ready. Oh, just a second. Let me, you know, I'm changing Ben's diapers. I mean, talk about things that don't seem to fit don't seem to fit you know Um, so
2: they acknowledge that in the book though and it's it, it doesn't fit and being out in among the stars does fit but then there's this conflict for him and like I want to be with my wife I want to be with my son it just it's it's a bad fit and so it's kind of an interesting, they they play into, uh, Daniel writes into that conflict with him. and it, Yeah, you know, it's it's fun. I, I like it a lot.
1: By the way, to my, to, to, well, one big, one small moment from Solo that I love, uh, when uh, he and Lando are at the beach, and Lando goes, I hate you. Yeah. And Han just takes it all and goes, I know. But then the bigger moment that's at the end, when he beat when he wins he didn't beat you know he didn't you when he beats Lando for the falcon cuz it's like it's all the pieces just coming together at that moment
0: yeah Fair well, and square we, mm-hmm. we we talked about uh this is, I guess my last one you know, again from the from the solo movie um when they're facing off with Enfys Nest and he you know He's saying, yeah, you see that he's, I mean, it's just full of crap. So you see that freighter down there, it's full of 30 hired guns. They're going to cut, you know, just he get, Nothing. again, gets himself way over his head. And, you know, um, I was really, again, I had no desire for a Han Solo movie and I was never so grateful that I got a Han, a Han Solo movie. Um, I just thought that was it was really well done. It was a fun Star Wars movie. And I thought, you know, Alden, really captured the character not maybe consistently through the entire movie but definitely there were some you know really on the nose moments where he caught it so but anyway so any last han solo thoughts before we wrap things up for the evening because i hear lucy barking in the background and my dogs are barking in the background they must hear each other so
1: they know they're one dead near to one another. Now I was just gonna say, uh, you know, talking about, you know, we're talking about Clone Wars, you know, a post-Clone Wars series, you know, of dealing with the clones, we might run into young Imperial officer Han Solo right there. Or Han Solo running in the streets of Corellia.
2: Yeah, uh, what do what do we want to see from him if we if we're gonna see anything more
0: from the character? Um, I'm one of those where it's like <laughs> you know, it's you. You step close enough to the cliff. You know, let's. Uh, you know, let's not try it. Let's not tempt fate a second time. Um, I would think, actually. However, after saying that, you know, the Resistance Broadcast, uh, which is a podcast, which I was made famous on, um, for my my part. Um, but uh, um, they uh, well, they read one of my. You know, they, I responded to one of their tweets, and they read it on their show. Um, but uh, they're they're really pushing. They made the hashtag #MakeSolo2Happen. Um, I would like to see a Disney Plus series with Alden, and you know, um, you could you could have Maul and Kira. You could continue that story, and it'd make a great Disney Plus series. Probably even incorporate a little bit of Boba Fett, and it would be just fan servicey wonderfulness. That's what yeah. I that's what I like.
2: After seeing the movie I and the Darth Maul, you know, cliffhanger, I yeah, I was fully on board for that. Um I'd I'd also like to see more of a young Ben. So Han Solo through that prism. Um I think that would be really interesting.
0: It'd be tough to do in a visual medium because that's the thing. People talked about, you know, can you bring you know, Alden back um, as Han Solo during the during the Mandalorian show? And I'm like, no, that... Yeah, no. No, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. yeah. That's, that's not can, how it's cool. write, write all the books you want, but don't try to... It's kind of like what Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is one of the worst movies ever made. Um, the, the main actor um, died <laughs> halfway through, and so they got another character, and for the rest of the, they got another actor. And for the rest of the movie, the guy just had his cape over his face. So all you saw was his eyes. And it's like, that's the way it would seem to me. If you got anybody else to do Han Solo, you know, or any of those characters, actually any of those mm-hmm. classic characters post return of the Jedi, it's just don't do it. Lucas I was Stone, thinking, I was
2: thinking a book. Yeah. Yeah. But, a book. Yeah. A
0: book I, I could get, I could get on board of the book, but I think the Disney plus series of, uh, uh, you know, a continuation of that solo story, I think would actually, yeah, I think it'd be very popular.
1: Cause again, they could do it Mandalorian style and just feature his various adventures. You know, it doesn't have to be, Oh my God, this is the most important thing ever. It can just be fun.
0: Yeah. No, I think it'd be great. Well, cool. All right. Well, uh, with, uh, with that, I think we'll wrap it up for this week. And, uh, New episode of clone wars out tomorrow um what else is coming on the horizon anything is that the when does the uh physical copy of um rise of scour come out is that next week 20- it's supposed to be
1: next week but you
0: know. <laughs> we'll, we'll all have to break out of quarantine to go to go buy the copy um but uh yeah so then, yeah. After we do that, we'll like, said, so we'll have to get together and talk about the uh, see what you guys think about the documentary. But uh, until then, uh, oh, and big Saints news: Drew Brees has signed with the Saints,
1: Come and we
0: brought we brought back Malcolm Jenkins. And Eli Apple left, <laughs> so and Sean a, Payton left. has the coronavirus. Sean Payton has coronavirus. Yeah, this is uh, so big Saints news uh, this week. And,
1: and Tom Brady's going to be going to the Bucks, so we're going to be facing him twice on primetime this year.
0: You know what, though, and, and Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina. As much as these are oh McClunky moments, you know, it, well, there's a couple things. First of all, it's going to make for some awesome divisional games mm-hmm. but I think Fredo I think you were saying it last night it's like Tom Brady's coming from the AFC you want to finish you want to finish off where I'm
1: oh yeah no he's going from the East where he has been dealing with the hapless Jets uh the Dolphins and the Bills who somehow find a way to shoot themselves in the foot now and again you know every year now he's going to the NFC South where you know historically teams even when they're bad they don't finish worse than Five and twelve, seven
0: and nine. Well, it was only but, a few years ago where three of the four teams made it to the playoffs. Exactly. So but it's argu- kind of arguably one of the one of the toughest divisions in the NFL.
1: Up until a few years ago, we didn't have a consecutive uh, divisional champ. That that's how tough it is to win here because every team is good and every team fights for, you know, to win it. So, it, you know, he's he's going to draw a lot of attention over there. I'm sure they'll 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 have a lot of people picking them, but. You know, he's on a cakewalk, and if he thinks he can just walk in and dominate this division like he did the FCEs for 20 years, not going to happen.
0: So, uh, uh,
1: Rise of Skywalker DVD, Blu ray, uh, digital, I mean, a hard copy of uh, March 31st.
0: March 31st. Okay. So we got, we got two weeks to go. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, that gives me several times to watch all this. So, um, but, uh, until then. Everybody make sure you're washing your hands. Uh, make sure you're not breathing on people or, you know, don't go out when you're supposed to. If you're some of those spring breakers in Florida, just go find a shark and punch him in the face and just let nature take care of you because you're just ruining things for everybody. Um, just stay
1: there.
0: Just stay in Florida. Yeah, uh, No, because I still want to make my way to Disney World at some point here. <laughs> so, you know, but uh yeah, do do what they're telling you to do because the more you do that then the quicker we'll all be out of this mess. And uh but until then, you got what, nine, ten eleven about what, twelve Star Wars movies you can watch in the meantime? Yep. Right? And, and series. Uh, and a gazillion yeah, and a gazillion uh um cartoons and yeah, animated series and everything. So yeah, you you got your time. You got time to do all of this. So um Real quick, just round the horn, on a rainy day um, or in a, like, you're quarantined in your house, what is your go-to Star Wars movie to watch? I would say mine would be now probably Rogue One.
2: Uh, uh New Hope.
0: New Hope? Em- Empire. Empire. Right on. Well, cool. Then we'll, uh, with that, we'll we say... We just
2: were in sequential order, too. <laughs> we did
0: watch all three but, and uh and hopefully this recording worked um and uh if not just, you'll never know what we said but uh otherwise we will uh see you at some point and until then we'll say who huda. who dat? That? yep take it easy everybody
1: Wee.